0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the ACON Q4 2020 earnings call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star zero. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today. Adam Borgatti, Senior Vice President, Corporate Development and Investor Relations. Thank you. Please go ahead, sir.
1: Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for participating in our year end 2020 results conference call. This is Adam Borgatti speaking. Presenting to you this morning are Jean Louis Servrance, President and CEO, and David Snails, Executive Vice President and CFO. Our earnings announcement was released yesterday evening, and we have posted a slide presentation on the investing section of our website, which we will refer to during this call. Following our comments, we'll be glad to take questions from analysts, and we ask that the analysts keep to one question before getting back into the queue to ensure others have a chance to contribute. As noted on slide two of the presentation, listeners are reminded that the information we are sharing with you today includes forward-looking statements. These statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant risks and uncertainties. Although ACON believes that the expectations reflected in these statements are reasonable, we can give no assurance that these expectations will prove to be correct. With that, I'll now turn the call over to David.
2: Thank you, Adam, and good morning, everyone. I'll touch briefly on ACON's consolidated results, review results by segment, and then address ACON's financial position before turning the call over to Jean-Louis. Turning to slide three, revenue for the year ended December 31, 2020 of $3.6 billion, was 183 million, or 5% higher compared to 2019. Adjusted EBITDA of $265 million, a margin of 7.3%, increased by 43 million, or 19%, compared to 222 million, a margin of 6.4% last year, and operating profit of $150 million was $43 million, or 40% higher than last year. Diluted earnings per share for the year was $1.29 compared to diluted earnings per share of $1.12 in 2019. ACON's results included a net positive impact to adjusted EBITDA and operating profit on the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, or SUSE, program of $80 million, covering the period from March 15 to December 31, 11 million of which was in the fourth quarter. This subsidy offset the impacts of COVID 19 on ACON's business while assisting ACON to maintain normal employment levels through this period. Management estimates that the impact of COVID 19 on ACON's business was a reduction in full year revenue operating profit and adjusted ebitda of 391 million 66 million and 75 million respectively and in the fourth quarter uh, impact on revenue of 82 million operating profit of 10 million and adjusted ebitda of 7 million reported backlog of 6.5 billion dollars at the end of 2020 compared to backlog of 6.8 billion a year ago As announced yesterday, ACON's Board of Directors approved an increase to the quarterly dividend on the basis of continued financial strength, strong cash flow generation, and positive outlook, with this being the ninth increase in the last 10 years. The quarterly dividend will increase to 17.5 cents per share from 16 cents previously, with the first increased quarterly dividend to be paid on April 5, 2021. Now looking at results by segment, Turning to slide four, construction revenue of $3.6 billion in 2020 was $227 million, or 7% higher than last year. This was driven by higher revenue in industrial operations, primarily due to increased activity on mainline pipeline projects in Western Canada, civil operations and urban transportation systems, driven by increases in major projects and road building operations in both Eastern and Western Canada, and in utilities operations due in part to the acquisition of voltage power in February 2020. Partially offsetting these increases was lower revenue from nuclear operations, driven primarily by a decrease in refurbishment work at the Darlington Nuclear Facility in Ontario, as work on the now completed first reactor refurbishment wound down in the first quarter of the year, and work on the next reactor refurbishment was delayed to the end of the third quarter due to COVID nineteen. Adjusted EBITDA in the construction construction segment, $262 million, a margin of 7.2%, increased by 77 million compared to 185 million, a margin of five point five percent in twenty nineteen. The construction segment included a net positive impact of eighty million in twenty twenty from the SUSE program. After excluding this amount, adjusted EBITDA was broadly in line in 2019, with the COVID-19 volume-driven decrease in the nuclear sector and lower gross profit margin in civil operations and urban transportation systems being offset by higher operating profit in industrial operations, primarily from increased volume. New contract awards in 2020 totaled $3.3 billion, similar to the level of new awards in 2019. Construction backlog at the end of December was $6.4 billion compared to $6.7 billion at the end of 2019. Turning to slide five, concession revenue for the year was $98 million, a decrease of $120 million or 55% compared to the same period last year. This was due to the suspension of commercial flight operations in March 2020 at the Bermuda International Airport, followed by a lower volume of flights compared to the prior year after reopening of the airport on July 1st, due obviously to the impact of COVID-19 on global travel, as well as from lower constriction activity related to building the new terminal at the airport. Adjusted EBITDA in the concession segment of $42 was $41 million lower than 2019, Due to the COVID-19 impact on airport operations. Turning to slide six, ACON's financial position, liquidity, and capital resources remain strong, and the business continued to generate strong free cash flow in 2020. As at year end, ACON had $100 million of cash on hand, excluding cash in joint operations and restricted cash, and a committed revolving credit facility of $600 million. Of which nothing was drawn, and six million was utilised for letters of credit. Subsequent to year end, the performance security guarantee facility provided by EDC to support letters of credit was increased from seven hundred million dollars to nine hundred million. When combined with this additional EDC facility, Acon's committed credit facilities for working capital and letters of credit total one point five billion dollars. ACON has no debt or working capital credit facility maturities until the second half of 2023 except equipment loans and leases in the normal course. Capital expenditures are expected to increase in 2021 as a result of deferred capital spending in 2020 due to COVID-19 with spending in 2021 expected to be more in line with 2019. With completion of construction of the Bermuda International Airport, interest related to the non-recourse debt financing of this project will no longer be capitalized and instead will be reported as interest expense. On an annualized basis, this interest expense is approximately $20 million. Offsetting this to some extent is the impact of reduced amortization related to the concession right attached to the airport, which is expected to be $6 million lower than 2020. Neither of these changes related to accounting for the concession in Bermuda impact ACON's cash flow. At this point, I'll turn the call over to Jean-Louis.
3: Thank you, Dave. Turning to slide seven, despite the impact of COVID-19 on ACON's annual results, we responded with agility to these challenging times to deliver strong results. We remain confident that ACOM's balanced and diversified portfolio, strong financial position and safety-first culture will be of great benefit as we continue to navigate evolving market conditions. The construction segment is aligned to the significant infrastructure investment commitments by all levels of government across Canada as well as by the private sector across the market sectors we serve. The concessions segment is pursuing a number of large-scale infrastructure projects and targeting innovative development and private finance opportunities in industrial, power, clean tech, and other related markets, as well as participating as a concessionaire on the five P3 projects identified on the slide. Turning to slide eight, backlog and the level of new awards in 2020 remain strong, particularly in light of the challenges of a pandemic environment with backlog of $6.5 billion at the end of 2020, new awards of $3.3 billion during the year, and strong recurring revenue programs primarily in the utility sector. We expect the demand for our services to remain healthy for the foreseeable future as the federal government and provincial governments across Canada have identified investment in infrastructure as a key source of stimulus as part of the economic recovery plan. ACON is pre-qualified on a number of large project bids due to be awarded during 2021 and has a robust pipeline of opportunities to further add to backlog over time. Trailing 12 months recurring revenue was down slightly compared to last year primarily as a result of the suspension of commercial flight operation on March 20, 2020 at the Bermuda International Airport followed by a lower volume of commercial flights compared to the prior year after reopening of the airport on July 1st, 2020 due to the pandemic. However, Recurring revenue in the construction segment increased 8% over 2019 and is expected to continue to grow in 2021 based on the capital investment plans of a number of key utilities clients, particularly in the telecommunications sector. Turning now to slide 9, investing further in environmental, social and governance initiatives remains a top priority for ACON in all that we do. We are extremely proud to have been named one of the best employers in Canada for 2020 by the Kincentric Best Employers program. This underscores ACON's reputation as a first choice employer nationwide. Of note, ACON employees rated their employment experience among the top 20 in Canada in the areas of employee engagement, agility, engaging leadership and talent focus. In the year ahead, we are particularly focused on expanding our environmental reporting, including greenhouse gas emissions tracking and disclosure, setting emissions reduction targets and further identifying climate-related risks and opportunities. We plan to release our next sustainability report in April 2021 and look forward to highlighting our achievements and opportunities in sustainability with you as we move forward. Turning now to slide 10, ACON's overall outlook for 2021 remains positive despite the ongoing background of COVID-19. The pandemic is expected to continue to have some impact in moderating overall revenue and profitability growth expectation in 2021, either due to client decisions related to scheduled or operating policy, or due to broader government directives to modify work practices to meet relevant health and safety standards. While the primary impact from COVID-19 will be to reduce revenue in certain areas of Acon's construction segment, until normal operations will resume, there is no guarantee that all related costs will be recovered, and therefore it is possible that future project margins could be impacted as well. In the concession segment, the new Bermuda International Airport terminal opened for operation on December 9, 2020. The opening of this new terminal marks a significant milestone for the company and completes the construction portion of this project that was awarded in March 2017. Commercial operations at the airport continue to recover slowly due to COVID-19 related travel restrictions which have significantly impacted the aviation industry. The aviation industry is not expected to improve meaningfully until significant portions of the global population have been vaccinated and existing travel restrictions are lifted. As I stated earlier, the overall outlook for 2021 remains strong as construction continues on a number of projects that ramped up in 2019 and 2020. The strong level of backlog and new awards during 2020 and the strong demand environment for ACON services, including recurring revenue programs, all subject to the unknown impact of COVID-19 going forward. In closing, we are incredibly proud of Acon's employees, especially our frontline workers, for their dedication and professionalism during those challenging times and remain committed to operating safely and maintaining stringent COVID-19 health and safety protocols across our business. There are some excellent examples of our achievements this past year that celebrate ACON's people, projects and partnerships in the ACON magazine released earlier this month and available on our website. We welcome you all to view it and see why we are so ACON proud. Thank you. Stay safe. And we will now turn the call over to Analyst for questions.
0: At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. And your first question comes from the line of Fury link with Canaccord. Hi, hey
1: guys. Good morning. Um, you mentioned um, the, the impacts of COVID, um, experiencing some, some higher costs um, <clears throat> and revenue delays. How are you accounting for, for those additional costs? Or are they being run through the, the p and um, so, Or are you sure, so sure you're, you're going to be able to recover them that uh, you, you don't feel you need to take a write-up on the cost of these projects?
2: Uh, Yuri. So it depends on the project, depends on the situation with the client and what's been agreed with the client and our assessment of what's recoverable and what's not. So there's no simple answer um, on a a, a broad basis across the whole business. It's very much project by project, but we're taking into account the nature of those costs, um, the nature of what we've agreed with different clients in terms of... um, the impacts of those costs and, and reimbursement for those. And it, it also depends on kind of the nature of the, whether it was a complete shutdown or whether it's just ongoing operations that have um, impacts on productivity. But we factor all that into to what we assess the uh, position to be on a quarter by quarter basis. Um, so it's, it's a mix, Yuri, but for sure we've had uh, Uh, some impacts on on margin as we've gone through 2020? Uh, Yuri, if I I may be a little more precise
3: operationally, I mean, uh, evidently direct costs are easy to track. So uh, they are booked at the same moment they happen. Uh, I'm speaking about additional PPE. I'm speaking about absenteeism and some supply chain problems about uh, uh, site installation, modifications, about uh, transportation of our employees, modifications. Uh, those are uh, easy uh, cost to be to be tracked. In terms of indirect cost and consequences, it's a little uh, more complex. Uh, of course, I mean the situation depends on our owners. Um, in fact, in in the jobs where our clients have been suspending uh, our works. I mean, uh, the discussion uh, happened very quickly and are extremely constructive in the other work where we have been hit uh, in terms of productivity and are an essential service and with no interruption of, um, of works. I mean, uh, discussions are, are obviously still ongoing. Okay. Okay. I'll back on
0: the team. Thank you. Your next question comes in the line of Frederick Vestine with Raymond James.
1: Hi, good morning, guys. Um, you, you. Highlight the, you highlight the gains that uh, you've been making uh, on the recurring side of your business and um, the utility and telecom sectors more specifically. Can you help us uh, better appreciate the momentum that Acon's enjoying in these segments? Um, and just wondering. You know, as you look out you know a couple of years out is is there a path for your recurring activities to perhaps double in size and and hit a billion dollars per year
3: okay um maybe on a on a broad uh, broad basis I, i'm i'm gonna speak about our backlog and then come coming back to recurring revenue um Quality of backlog is, is, is more important than pure quality. Uh, it's about discipline. Uh, when we bid, you, you probably have, uh, have uh, noticed. I mean that uh, we have been extremely prudent on, uh, on mega projects. I mean uh, we lost the Broadway line in, uh, in Vancouver. We lost uh, Edmonton. I mean it's not it's not a real issue. Uh, we even didn't bid on some. Uh, Uh, project in Quebec, because we were thinking that the risk profile was not adequate. Uh, And um, what is important here is about uh, balancing our activity. Uh, Balancing our activity, I mean, is one of my key focus about the different sectors, about the different segments, about the kind of project, uh, small, uh, medium, big, mega, uh, about the kind of contracts we we sign uh, unit price target cost um, lump sum uh, and it's uh, the these recurring revenues go perfectly within this strategy of balancing as you as you have seen on slide eight uh, they have been increasing by eight percent in construction uh, those revenue are not in backlog. Uh, very strong uh, in utilities. I mean telecom, Bell and Telus, but, but also I mean uh, gas installation with uh, with Enbridge, uh, with a very interesting pipeline. You probably remember that CIB has, has just announced something like two billion of investment in the year to come in the broadband uh, uh, installations. Uh, so yes, I mean we are we are working on this. It's part of our strategy, and and we are extremely happy about it.
1: Okay, Thanks, Jean-Louis, that's helpful. Turning to nuclear work, you're going to be active on two refurbishments this year uh, instead of just one. How much of of that informed um, your positive outlook for for this year, for 2021?
3: So, effectively, uh, We have finalized uh, the first reactor refurbishment at Darlington and this reactor is now connected to the grid and uh, our client OPG is extremely happy about it. Uh, There have been some delay in uh, starting the refurbishment of the second reactor in Darlington. uh, OPG um, uh, favoring the operation of the reactor uh, in front of the immediate construction, I mean during uh, this first wave of, uh, of COVID-19. In parallel, uh, we have begun uh, our first reactor uh, in Bruce, plus uh, steam generator refurbishment. It means that during the year 2021, we will have for the first time two reactors and a full refurbishment with the lessons learned of the first one at Darlington. So yes, it will impact positively uh, our situation.
1: Thank you. I'll uh, turn it over. Good results, guys. Thanks
0: your, next, your next question comes from the line of Jacob Bout with CIBC.
1: Right, good morning. Good morning, Jacob. Good morning. Um, just wanted to understand, so the, uh, the next 12-month backlog is, is flat year on year, but um, $400 million of revenues is pushed out into 2020, so, you know, Assuming the effects of, of COVID are lessened as we move through 2021, um, all else being equal, construction revenue should be should be higher. Is that the way we should be thinking about it? Um,
3: yes. Uh, you will see on slide eight that uh, the backlog um, to be used during the next 12 months was 2.8 billion at the end of 2019. And also 2.8 billion at the end of 2020. You have also to note that something like 400 million of activity has not happened in 2020 uh, due to COVID and uh, the 2.8 in fact uh, has to be compared with 2.4. It means that yes we see a positive uh, outcome for our revenue during the year uh, 2021. I remind you that uh, the recurring revenue and uh all our master service agreements, especially in uh, in utility, is not taken into account in the calculation of our backlog and has to be added
1: okay that's helpful and then my second question is just um on the the dispute with uh K&S and and uh, kamano um, you know when do you expect a, a resolution for, for those two uh, issues
2: uh I- I think both of those will, will take some time, Jacob. Um it, you know they they have to work their way through a, a court process uh on the K plus S side um in Saskatchewan. Um that was likely to be a lengthy process even before COVID, but COVID has uh, further delayed uh court proceedings. So that that's still um in terms of a legal resolution to that, uh, a few years out at least. Um, Kimano is still in the early stages um, and hard to uh, hard to predict um, in terms of what the timing of that will be. Um, but it's again likely to be uh, uh, a couple of years out. So so they're likely to be long-standing uh, uh, processes. Okay. I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thanks Jacob.
0: Our next question comes from Bonnet Poirier with Astartian Capital.
4: Yeah, good uh, good morning, uh, gentlemen, and congrats uh, for the the good quarter. Um, when we look in terms of Project Pursuit, still $40 billion, could you maybe provide some colour about how much of the $40 billion of Project Pursuit uh, is looking to be awarded in 2021? Yes. Uh, I will definitely
3: what what we can say uh is that I'm astonished every day by the number of new projects arriving on my table and selection of this projects uh in terms of best fit uh for the company in front of its strengths uh is one of uh, I mean it's one of my uh, exercise um every day. Um, evidently uh it's better to speak about uh, the biggest project but you have also a lot of big and, and, and medium projects on the goal so I would say that most probably Eglinton West uh tunnel uh Scarborough uh subway um probably uh Quebec City tramway um VR maintenance facilities in Montreal and, and, uh, and Toronto uh, are probably uh, going to be awarded during the year 2021. There are also a lot of other projects that may be pushed uh, a little further in 2022. What is important to note is that no projects in our backlog has been cancelled, and I would say no project that were in the pipeline has been abandoned. Uh, It's uh, it's very important for us, and uh, this is why we have a a, a real uh, positive uh, view on the years to come
4: okay okay that's great and john we when we look at the u.s strategy obviously there's some momentum with the uh new president in the u.s with the upcoming uh infrastructure plan so do you have better color about how to tap or to size the the market opportunity in the u.s and any color about the strategy at the econ that you are uh, might be looking at down the road well uh,
3: evidently when when you see uh, the pace of the new projects, infrastructure projects, which is our core competency. I mean, coming in Canada, uh, I mean, those ones are targeted. I mean, we, we we cannot live with such a big neighbor and not having a look and not uh, trying to understand what what can happen. Uh, we are not starving. We are not in a hurry. We we are uh, just watching. I mean, what can happen, and from time to time uh, trying to uh, put a bit uh, on the table. On another hand, uh, you remember we have acquired a small uh, company uh, related with nuclear activities. We are uh, ramping up our activities, I mean, in, uh, in nuclear in Canada. We have become a, a major player, and uh, we will uh, make everything to take advantage about the uh, the nuclear refurbishment program in the United States uh, through these uh, small companies and uh, the lessons learned in uh, in Canada.
4: Okay, perfect. And, and if we look on the concession side, uh, could, could you maybe provide an update on, on the uh, traffic numbers at Bermuda Airport and, and also what we should expect in terms of the concession projects that that will ramp up in
2: 2021. Yeah, hi, Benoit. So yeah, in terms of Bermuda, um, what we saw was uh, decent recovery from uh, obviously zero through Q2. Um, In Q3, we saw some recovery uh, in flights. which kind of leveled off again towards the end of the year um, with the second wave and and further travel restrictions being imposed. So through Q4, we kind of operated around uh, 20% of uh, where we were in 2019 for the same quarter. Um, And it's uh, reasonably consistent um, in Q1 uh, with that level. Um, So it's definitely plateaued a little bit. and obviously now, as we look forward, as it, it, uh, Jean-Louis said in his comments, it, it's really going to come down to the vaccination program. Uh, the one bright spot is uh, the vast majority of travel in and out of Bermuda is from the US and the UK. And both of those are uh, kind of leading the charge to a large extent on the vaccination uh, front. So. Hopefully that's uh, a positive for the second half of the year, but we expect the first half of this year to be um, uh, similar to uh, um, what we saw in Q4, which is around kind of 20 to 25% of uh, where we were in 2019 in those same quarters.
4: Okay, that's great, caller. And. What about the uh, ramp up for other concession projects uh, outside of Bermuda for 2021, uh, day?
2: Yeah, so we, we've got, obviously got the Waterloo project, uh, which is up and running now, um, although we uh, were a small part of, uh, of that concession, so that doesn't have a, a huge impact. Uh, the other projects remain in construction through uh, 2021, so we won't be into the concession phase of those um this year um that will start to kick in in 2022 and beyond okay and and now
4: that construction is is done at bermuda and the the terminal has opened back in december um i would be curious to to have your view about the opportunity to Monetize or partially monetize Bermuda and recycled money in, in other concession projects down the road, or maybe timing is, is not appropriate. Uh, yes, I mean I, I will
3: uh, I will check the answer. Um, we we have a wonderful tool now in Bermuda, a state-of-the-art uh, airport terminal. What is important for us is to ramp up operation, COVID allowing. Uh, to know perfectly uh, our asset and uh, how to use it uh, efficiently. So this is our first target at the moment. Then, as we have already said in various occasions, I mean, all options are open, uh, but uh, we have not taken any decision at the moment. We are are focused on uh, ramping up our tools.
4: Okay, that's great. And last one for me. When we look at the cash deployment opportunities, could, could you maybe uh, uh, give me the, uh, the the priorities right now, especially in light of the valuation, and, and maybe provide some color about the uh, working capital requirement as we go through uh,
2: 2021? Yeah, I'll uh, take that, Benoit. So. Um, you know, obviously, uh, from a capital perspective, uh, we announced the dividend increase uh, yesterday. Um, we're also still focused on um, kind of took in acquisitions and think there's uh, uh, scope to do more on that front, um, including um, adding to uh, uh, kind of our recurring revenue portfolio and, and utility type operations. So, so that's a, an ongoing focus for us. Um, as well as uh, obviously continuing to grow the business and uh, and the performance security requirements that go along with that. Um, so that, they're the primary focuses right now. Um, in terms of working capital, um, don't expect anything particularly unusual in 2021. Um, it should have the normal seasonal profile um, where the working capital builds in Q2 and Q3 Um, and unwinds uh, uh, in Q4. Overall, we expect working capital capital to be a positive contributor in uh, uh, 2021. Um, Just as we look at the uh, the stage we will reach in various of the major projects and the milestone payments around those, um, we think working capital uh, will be a net positive in 2021 for cash flow.
4: Okay, that's great. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you.
0: Our next question comes from the line of Mona Nazir with Laurentian Bank. Good morning and congratulations on the results. Um, we've been hearing uh, more and more about projects delayed and projects getting pushed to the right, although it's not uh, evident when you're looking at quarterly performance. But then on the OPEX side, um, productivity issues have been referenced by a competitor, and you touched on it a few minutes ago. I'm just wondering if you have had to adjust the bid process or composition of your actual bids at all and if you could just speak about how you've been limiting downside risk even on a go forward basis um, particularly as COVID continues to have an impact. Thank you.
3: Okay, thanks for the question. Um, a few ways to, to address it. Um, evidently, uh, we, we can have the, the smartest strategies and, and, and we try to have it, but uh, at the end, it's all about execution. It's all about operational excellence. Um, we have launched a very important initiative, I mean, at ACON about continuous improvement um, within all our jobs. You probably remember, I mean, uh, we have been speaking uh, two and three quarters ago about our Gardener project in Toronto. Uh, where we could use some uh, lean uh, methodology of work to to really uh, enhance all our prefabrication and uh, installation works. Uh, we have now embarked in this initiative, uh, recruiting uh, specialized uh, talents or expertise, uh, working with external consultants. Uh, deciding of a few pilot projects, uh, it's, it's extremely important because our operational uh, excellence is key to our profitability, and I'm extremely focused uh, on this initiative to to reach a very strong culture with a religion of the critical path on uh, on our jobs. Second point. I mean, uh, yes, as you say, COVID uh, had had some impacts on productivity. Uh, we have now been living with COVID for the last uh, for the last almost 12 months. Uh, we know how to work with it. Uh, the first months were difficult. Uh, all uh, our employees, I mean, on site, they know that when they follow the protocol, it works. I mean, that most often I can say that. Covid doesn't come from our job site. It's brought uh, by by community within within the job. We have initiated a very strong program of testing. Uh, in addition, our people of all support departments are working extremely efficiently uh, from home. So uh, I, I think that uh, we are really we are really on it. So uh, as you said. Uh, Some of our peers have been speaking about those projects. I mean, at Acon, we thoroughly assess all our projects, all our productivity, uh, all our claim uh, recovery capacity at every quarter, and we make the necessary uh, adjustment uh, adjustment online. So we we are not that much worried about it in terms of bidding. As I was telling uh, you a little earlier, I mean, it's, it's about discipline. Uh, we are not starving. Uh, we have a comfortable backlog. We are extremely uh, prudent. We go where we want to go and uh, and uh, we, will, uh, we will just follow this path in the future.
0: Okay, thank you. I'll leave it there in keeping with the one question asked.
2: Thanks, Mona.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Michael Tupholm with TD Securities.
5: Thanks. Good morning. Good morning, Mike. Um, Can you talk about the margin profile in your current backlog as compared to the last several years um, along with the margin profile of the work you're bidding now and, and how that frames your margin expectations for the construction segment in 2021?
2: Yeah, hi, Mike. So. Um, yeah, you know, when we think about margin and margin progression um, it's probably uh, uh, more appropriate to use 2019 as kind of a, a baseline. 20, so much going on in 2020 in terms of COVID and, and subsidy and, and the impact of that on uh, on margins. So um, I use 2019 as the baseline. Um, certainly uh, we're positive around margin progression in 2021 uh, based on uh, the program of work we have uh, in front of us. Um, and so we think that's going to be a, a contributor to, to growth in, in profitability in 21. So uh, not just the, the revenue growth we're expecting, but we do see margin expansion. Um, going forward, in terms of new bids and the bidding environment, you know, I think Jean-Louis already referenced, uh, the number of opportunities and, and the strength of the market, uh, our approach to bidding, which is to only go after those projects that, that make sense for us and, and margin profile would be one of the big factors we look at in that. So that's, that's the goal, um, is to continue to uh, be additive to, to margin as we book new projects into backlog and. Uh, uh, that should drive future margin growth uh, beyond this year.
5: Okay, thanks for that, Dave. Um, question about the corporate and other costs. They were relatively flat year over year on a full year basis in 2020. If one excludes the transition charge that, um, that impacted Q4 19, just wondering if you can comment on how you expect corporate and other costs to trend in 2021.
2: Yeah. So again, there's a, a little bit of noise in the uh, in 2020. Um, again, COVID and, and subsidy related. Um, but in in 21, we expect uh, the overall level to be pretty similar to 20. Uh, to be honest with you, um, when we kind of strip out the noise from 20, uh, most of that offset. Um, and so we see 21 as being pretty consistent, maybe slightly higher. Um but but no materially. All right, great. I'll turn it over. Thank you.
0: Your next question comes from the line of Sabayat Khan with RBC.
4: All right, great. Thanks and good morning. Um you shared some mm-hmm. color earlier on some of these projects and some of the assumptions that you have made. Um, as I
1: guess one of those peers of yours on a consortium recognized some charges a few weeks ago. I just wanted to help or get some help from you, understanding maybe the range of assumptions you've made on some of those LRT projects and, you know, with the discussions ongoing with some clients there, you know, if you can maybe help frame for us the, the potential range of outcomes, you know, there's some potential for recovery, truly keeping an eye on when those discussions wrap up in case there's any downside or it's just maybe framing how you thought about those and kind of the range of potential outcomes that we can expect. Thanks.
2: Yeah, Hi, Sarah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to comment on um, what others have done. I, I don't have visibility into what they've done historically versus what they've done more recently and, and where their overall positions are. And, and we're certainly not on all of the same jobs. Um, all I can say is uh, what we said earlier, which is, you know, we go through a pretty detailed assessment every quarter of, of where these jobs should be positioned. And, and. As you would expect with any major project, there's always a balance of uh, potential upside and potential downside. Uh, these things uh, are not linear in terms of uh, uh, resolving um, claims. It's very well known that we have a uh, COVID claim on the Eglinton project um, that is going through a process right now Uh, there's uh, a range of outcomes in in that but I'm not going to get into the details of of numbers or specifics uh, given the legalities of that situation Um, but I think the the broad answer is there's always a balance Um, and yes there's there's upside from positive settlements and and downside if if settlements don't reach our expectations Uh, but we think it's at the right level and and we've been pretty prudent as we've gone along on these projects from day one. I agree. Thanks very much.
0: Our next question comes from the line of Chris Murray with ATB Capital Markets.
1: Thanks folks. Good morning.
0: Um, So just thinking
1: back to the revenue stack, um, thinking back to the revenue stack for for 2021, um, just you've done a great job of kind of giving us the, the next 12 months backlog and I I think it's for, just so. Sort of just confirm the 2.8 billion that you're talking about for next year. That already includes the 400 that rolls um, in, in in the period. So if you can confirm that, that would be great. Um, you've given us the recurring revenue, but just I guess uh, the other piece of it is, should how should we be thinking about uh, call it your book and burn type revenue for inside 2021 in terms of your visibility um, with what you, with what you at least have in front of you right now in terms of the project mix.
2: Yeah, hi, Chris. So you're right. I mean, the the 2.8 we have going into 2021 uh, takes into account everything we schedule. So all the delays that we saw this year have all been uh, factored into what we expect going forward. That doesn't necessarily mean that all falls into 2020. Some of that falls into the later stages of the project. So if we have a revenue gap on a specific project in 2019 because of COVID, we don't necessarily catch that up in 2020. Uh, if that project goes for another year or two, um, to a large extent, some of that volume will come towards the end of those projects. But that revenue stack that you talk, uh, talk about takes all that into account. Um, and so the 2.8 going into this year is, uh, as Jean-Louis said earlier, effectively 400 million higher than the amount we worked off in 2019. From that same 12-month backlog, so so that's $400 million difference there. In terms of book and burn, I think the best way to think about that is, you know, we have certain businesses where that's kind of a feature of uh, the work they do. Transportation being uh, the most obvious example of that in both eastern and western Canada. And if you look at 2019, um, and you take that. 12 month backlog we had coming in to 20, uh, uh, 2020, uh, 2.8. We said we had 400 of that and it didn't happen. So that's 2.4. And we had recurring revenue of about 500. That gets you to 2.9. So the book and burn in 2020 was about 700 million that's not uh, an unusual uh level of uh book and burn work for us and, and given the market we see this year uh, i don't expect it to be uh materially different to that one way or another um it, it will depend because mto and mtq and uh alberta transportation and road building in bc those uh bidding periods will be ramping up uh, uh, through the spring and so we'll have to see uh, um, what those programs look like and our success rate and everything else, but that's kind of how we think about
1: it. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then if I can just get one more, um, JL, maybe you want to take this one. Um, the uh, Unfortunately you guys came off a, uh, a project with TMX and I guess there's some issues around um, some of the rationale behind that. I guess. You know, any commentary on, you know, some of the underlying issues there, how you address them, and how do you manage some of the risks associated with what happened there?
3: Yes, uh, I will handle this one. Um, you know that we had a fatality uh, on our spread one of TMS. And it's still very emotional uh, for ACON. Of course, we, we can't accept it. We, we have taken all uh, corrective actions, and have a... Uh, Constantly communicated with uh, our client Transmountain. Uh, we are working closely with Transmountain. Uh, we have a constructive dialogue about future jobs. I, I remind you that we are still a preferred contractor on threat Six, and that this Thread Six is not in uh, in backlog. So yes, I mean we are we are taking a lot of care uh, about it. All right, I'll
1: leave it there. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Sure.
0: Our next question comes to the line of Ian Gillies from Stiefel. Good
1: morning, everyone. Good morning. morning. There's been a lot of commentary around bid um, work and how constructive the good environment is, but but I'm curious how much of the margin commentary is turned around some of the internal initiatives, whether it be through supply chain and or trying to apply some of this lean manufacturing and um, how that's impacting your business today and how long you think it may be till you can fully implement this across the parts of your business that maybe maybe accept accepting this sort of um, these sort of operating parameters
3: yeah I'm, I'm not sure I mean uh, it was difficult to understand your question but uh, uh, are you are you asking me about the disturbances uh, from the uh, supply chain
1: I'm just curious on how much of the margin improvement you think may come from some of the internal initiatives versus um, the constructed bid environment.
3: Okay. Um, are you speaking about continuous improvement initiatives that I've been talking about uh, a few minutes ago? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think it's very important uh, to tackle this issue, uh, to tackle, I mean, the, uh, the problem of um, operational excellence uh, on our job so we are at the beginning uh, uh, of the initiative and i'm rather enthusiastic about uh, what can be what can be the the, the results uh, of it it's a uh, it's a change in in culture what i call this religion of the of the critical path uh, but it's, uh, I, i'm not going to quantify it uh, today but uh, but I think this will obviously uh, drive uh, our margin upwards.
1: That, that's helpful. And then uh, the other part I was curious on, I mean, you mentioned this lean manufacturing for construction in a few of your projects today. As you think about that, I mean, how applicable do you think that will be? Or is there any parts of the business that we should be thinking about where it may... Make a larger impact?
3: I would say on a first basis, everything that is repetitive uh, is a perfect ground for continuous improvement methodology. I mean, on on Gardener, we have more than 400 composite panels to to fabricate and to install on some bridges. I mean, uh, when you build the decks through incremental um, methodology, I mean, you have sometimes 100 times the same task to be done so uh, what we have to achieve is that the second one i mean is better than the first one the third one is better than the second one we have to track our metrics we have to benchmark everything we have to eliminate the waste i mean in terms of waiting time uh, in terms of uh, uh, movement uh, unnecessary movement of our personnel so those jobs are favorite i mean pipelines also are favorite i mean when you have 100 kilometers of pipeline to be installed and welded. I mean, continuous improvement is important. On our LRT job, for example, I mean, uh, the way we can uh, we can have a different look at uh, our program of work to ensure a much better adherence to the program of work, uh, to be able to work under uh, concurrent engineering and and works because uh, our timeframes are are usually reduced and then be able to phase better our project uh, in order to have our system operation uh, being open on on, on a stage uh, pattern rather than everybody uh, everything at the end uh, i think we will make quite a uh, quite good progresses on the on, on the sort of issues okay
1: thank you very much i'll turn a call back over
0: your next question comes from Naji Baydam with IA Capital Markets.
1: Hi, good morning. Um, just, just wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, broadly speaking. I think in the past you've talked about being able to comfortably support, you know, sort of a six to seven billion backlog. Uh, I'm just wondering, assuming you do win some of the major contracts that you referenced earlier are up uh, for awards this year, what sort of new investments would you need to make um, to be able to to support that new growth uh, uh, within your backlog, either labour or equipment or technology investments? Yes, uh, so I I remind
3: you that we are burning our backlog every day and uh, that the new job, uh, I mean our uh, offset, By by the one being uh, being executed, what what is sure is that the number of projects arriving on the table, I mean, is 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 extremely strong. Uh, We need to invest constantly in our people. Uh, Our industry uh, is about our people. It's about our professionalism. So uh, we invest in our Acorn University. Uh, We have a project management academy. Uh, We are creating, as you. Uh, we imagine a continuous improvement uh, uh, academy. Uh, we have a very specific program for our supervisor uh, our young field engineers and uh, we are we are investing a lot on this. i mean obviously we'll have more investment in in equipment in 2021 because in 2020 uh, it was uh, relatively reduced in 2019. And I am also, uh, also convinced that working on continuous improvement will lead uh, to tackle the new innovation, uh, innovating tools. I mean, uh, artificial uh, intelligence-based uh, new tools, and, and, and it will be good. I mean, it will be good for the company, and it will be good for its profitability.
1: Okay. Thank you for that detail. Just uh, one more question. You know, thinking about your current strategic plans, I think one of your key objectives is, uh, is achieving best-in-class margins in the construction business. I- I'd just like to get more color on um, who who do you see as your best-in-class peers in North America, uh, and then uh, what what sort of the long-term potential for future uh, uh, margin expansion from here?
3: Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to give you names. I mean, I know all of my peers. I'm visiting most of their job during the weekend uh trying to understand uh, what do they do, how they do it uh, what can we do better uh, what we'll is that our our goal is 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 extremely clear is to is to become the number one Canadian uh, infrastructure company uh, we are fighting every day uh, for this uh, it's about uh, professionalism and and uh, and we are not lagged uh, at all in in improving our professionalism at acorn.
1: Okay. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks for the answer and uh, congrats on the strong cord. Thank you.
0: Our next question comes from the line of Maxim Sitchev with the National Bank Financial.
1: Hi. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Max. Um, just a couple of very quick ones. Um, is it possible to to get a bit of an update in relation to the voltage uh, transaction? How that's going? Sort of the integration any learnings, and um, any sort of new contracts that you're able to secure now that you have this asset? Uh, and maybe just talk a little bit about uh, sort of the, the ultimate upside from this.
2: Yeah, hi, Mike. So um, yeah, I would say uh, overall uh, we're, we're pretty pleased with uh, uh, where Voltage is at in terms of we've been able to get them pre-qualified with a number of major uh, hydro transmission clients that they weren't Qualified for before, uh, which should lead to some pretty significant opportunities. Um, uh, Hydro One being a, a great example of that. Um, obviously, uh, we closed the acquisition in February, um, and then with COVID uh, hitting in March, that definitely had a an impact on that business in in 2020. That was uh, one of the areas of the business where we saw some work uh, move out to the right. So. Uh, twenty twenty um it definitely impacted by covid but the longer term prospects uh very positive um uh no shortage of uh opportunities in the high voltage space and so uh we s i think we said when we acquired it we uh we saw the potential to to scale that business uh, pretty quickly we've probably lost um A bit of time in 2020, um, given the circumstances, but over the next couple of years, uh, we expect to see pretty strong growth in uh, in the high voltage space. Right. And and Dave,
1: just from my understanding, um, like this asset is scalable right now. That just sort of copy pasted onto your footprint, right? So I mean, like they have the expertise, so you don't have to actually add another voltage and another geography. How should we think about this?
2: That's exactly right it's the kind of business that is used to operating across the country um, it's it's really the expertise as opposed to anything that you're acquiring um, and so it's 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 very mobile uh, used to working in remote locations across Canada uh, we can add the kind of local labor force uh, uh, to any particular uh, initiative or opportunity. So so yes, uh, very scalable. They they were held back um, historically, uh, just given their size and, and balance sheet and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, uh, I we're able to open a lot more doors for them into uh, larger projects and, and larger clients. For sure, and then uh, just uh, one um, uh, sort of cleanup question.
1: In, in terms of sales, how should we think about it for kind of Q1 and the first half? Because I, I guess Q2, um, I mean, it's going to be pretty easy calm, so we should expect nothing. And then something in Q1. Do, do you mind maybe clarifying this or, or and potentially quantifying?
2: Yeah. Yeah so the program um is due to come to an end um this year uh so obviously we don't expect anything uh, in the second half of the year and as you said uh once we hit Q2 we're starting to compare to periods a year ago that were that were impacted so we expect uh eligibility in Q2 to be to be minimal um Q1, uh, we'll see uh, some eligibility, but on a, on a pretty low scale. So it's not going to be a material contributor to uh, 2021. Okay. Thank you very much. That's it for me.
0: Your next question comes from one of Mona Nazir with Laurentian Bank. Hi, just a continuation, a little bit of the last topic, um, going into acquisitions. Um, just given the strength of the current business um, and the balance sheet, do you think we could see greater M&A activity in the coming months? Um, I know you just mentioned potential in the high voltage area, but has the strategy changed at all or is there any shift in targeted verticals? Thank you.
3: Yeah, thank you, Mona, for the question. I mean, uh, evidently we we have the capacity for this kind of operation. So... Uh, Tuck-in acquisition, uh, we are every day on it. Uh, you have understood that uh, part of our strategy was to uh, to grow in, in the utility sector and what we can see, I mean, uh, during the year 2020 just encouraged uh, us to to proceed uh, forward. Uh, we are also uh, having a look at uh, some eventual more transformative uh, um, operations and uh, we are spending some time, uh, some time on it.
0: Okay, thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Michael Tupon with TV Securities.
5: Uh, thanks, just one follow up here. Um, appreciate all the, the detail you provided, I guess over the course of 2020 in respect of uh, the impact of COVID-19 and so that helps us think about 2021 on a full year basis, um, just wondering, I guess, for modeling purposes, about Q1. Uh, there was not much of an impact, obviously, in Q1 2020. But you did highlight in your outlook um, some government COVID-19 restrictions and, and um, that, that are affecting certain projects, I guess, particularly in BC and maybe maybe some other areas as well. So, is there any way to help us understand um, what sort of an impact we can think about? for q1 2020 in terms of uh in terms of these COVID impacts
2: yeah uh good question mike uh you know 20 the profile of 2021 is is kind of almost flipped from what we saw in 2020 where q1 2020 was obviously uh other than the last week pre-covid um and then q2 q3 took uh, some pretty uh, sizable um uh, hits in terms of uh Gaps in revenue. Uh, this year, the first quarter, we'll see the impact of um, some restrictions in employee numbers that are impacting the coastal gas line, uh, uh, coastal gas pipeline, and the uh, South Sea project. So that will um, be a Q1 only impact, and then we should be uh, back up and running and at full pace uh, after that. Obviously, Bermuda will continue to be uh, a factor as well in Q1 this year so um, and beyond. So, you know, I think when we look at Q1 this year versus Q1 last year, we have uh, a few additional headwinds that we didn't have um, uh, last year in the same quarter. But then Q2 and Q3 should be very much the reverse where we see significant upside to where we were last year. So, it's, it's kind of a different profile, but uh, Q1, um, all else being equal, should be uh, uh, probably coming in a little lower than, uh, than what we saw in Q1 last year. All right. That's very helpful. Thank you.
0: At this time, there are no further questions. I would like to turn the call back over to Adam for closing remarks.
1: Thanks very much, Rebecca, and everyone for joining us today. As always, if you have follow-up questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, We wish you a good rest of the day and uh, stay safe all. We'll join you on our next
6: call. Thanks.
0: Thank you for participating. This concludes today's conference call. You may now discuss.
6: Come- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store.